0: Welcome back to Titty Tattles. I'm Phoebe and I'm Sydney. (laughs) Loving it. Okay so our theme today is Valentine's Day. Hopefully you will be hearing this episode around Valentine's Day and whether you have something somebody to share the moment with you can always talk to the two of us and Find out more about this interesting holiday. Yes, just find
1: us on Instagram or anywhere you get your podcast. And if you can, leave a comment and leave us any questions that might spark your interest regarding Valentine's Day. All right, Phoebe.
0: Yeah, so just to start off with a very generic question. What's Valentine's Day like for you in the modern day? Like, What sort of things do people do in Taiwan for Valentine's Day?
1: I haven't been in a... <laughs> I haven't been in a relationship with a Taiwanese guy for quite a while, but gathering from the experience that I see on the streets, um, I think usually it's just to have a nice dinner and go to a nice movie. Classic. Very classic. Um, I'm pretty sure some Taiwanese guys do these really cute things where like, they hand make a card. Um, oh okay. yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that was trendy for a while i'm not completely sure how women my age take it right now if a guy spends time off work to make the effort so
0: would you like a handmade card from from a guy yes but it depends
1: <laughs> it depends on i feel bad because like it, it feels like i'm setting out a standard but to be fair some guys just can't do it like it's just not their thing it's not their forte and I don't think
0: that like I... They, should, they will spend a lot of effort on it and present you with something and you'll be like, that is
1: so ugly. I would never say ugly. It would just be like, you don't have to do something that's not your forte. If you're good at this, by all means, give it a try. I re- I'm really trying to sound like I'm not complaining here, but honestly, like...
0: <laughs> if you're if not you're succeeding, good, actually. <laughs> like,
1: if you're good at writing poetry, write poetry. If you're good at handmade crafts, make it. If you're good at cooking, do it. If you're good at planning cool dates, do that. You do not need to do it just to prove that you're capable. It, it proves nothing. It just creates yeah, it just confuses me.
0: I, really I want... specific rant about handmade cards. Who hurt you?
1: No, no one hurt me. It's just someone tried <laughs> to do something that I was doing because I'm pretty good at these things and <laughs> I feel very bad. But um, they tried to write a poem and make a scrapbook looking type of thing in a very fancy notebook and it was just it was a cute poem considering the context because i was in a relationship i liked the person it was a cute move but you know to be fair it was <laughs> okay <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a very romantic poem.
0: So. <laughs> all the guys out there who's trying to woo sydney don't make her some handmade card she she's a connoisseur on this kind of thing you're not going to impress <laughs> her just buy her something expensive
1: nah, that would work too <laughs>
0: And I feel yeah. like that's how things work in China. That's probably really? the difference between the Valentine's Day culture in mainland China and Taiwan because i I think like as a whole, handmade cards would be a really uncool gift in mainland China. girls would be like, "Really, who cares? Like I want to see the money <laughs> i I would rather like just get a gift of money than some handmade card.
1: But, but to be fair, it's not like in Taiwan, like people like me prefer money. It's just like, like I said, you can cook, cook. Don't make a card. Just cook, right? Do something yeah. that is your love language that that I can try to learn how to appreciate. But don't try to use my love language to impress me. It doesn't work that way. It's always a compromise, right?
0: That makes sense. But yeah, I, I don't know if I'm being unfair towards China, but as far as I can tell, Valentine's Day is just very commercialized. It's a <laughs> lot about um, giving and receiving gifts and the gift has to be of a certain value. And I feel like it's also a lot about comparing with other people and showing off to mm. show like how, how much your boyfriend is willing to give. So yeah. Presenting a very negative picture of Valentine's Day in China. Oops. Does it go both ways though? <laughs> um, I think so. I I guess that differs because um, s- some girls are of the philosophy that you know the the guy should chase her and put a lot of effort into her to show her that he's into her. So in some cases, it will be like. A one directional cash exchange cash and gift exchange but Mm -hmm. I think most of the people I know would be more like you know you'll buy me a good gift I'll also buy you a good gift and honestly I know a a lot of girls who are way better at buying gifts than guys are so then you get the whole um, (laughs) I get a lot of people showing online the very lame gifts they've gotten from their boyfriends the cheesy fake roses, sparkly lights, that kind yeah. of stuff. I think
1: women in general in any culture are just better at buying gifts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's part of our um evolutionary advantage somewhere? I think men are mostly at, at least in Asian
1: culture, I don't think being romantic is something that's marketed. True. It's almost shunned. Like do we l- read anything romantic in Chinese literature that is that ends up on a test, that ends up being critical to whether we get into a school or not. They're, we are not expected to learn about how men are gentle and emotional, right? And therefore, men are not really encouraged to do anything like that, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And oh, what do you think about um, how it's different in other parts of Asia, Korea or Japan or something, though I don't know very much about how their traditions are?
1: I think growing up in Taiwan, Although men were expected to make a move, they weren't expected to, like, constantly put up a very masculine front. Hence, you know, sort of being, for it kind of allows them to be slightly androgynous in how they behave. But at the same time, like I said, they were not encouraged to explore their emotional or observant side. So they kind of still lack with the rest of the world of men who are not good at my gifts <laughs> in that in that aspect but i feel like western men are more encouraged to be more outwards towards expressing their love regardless of how that translates into a monogamous or committed relationship or not through the dating stage the men is expected to like peacock their way through things and because i guess in the west it depends on which part you are from europe or north america monetary value, is, it translates into different forms of love languages, right? And especially in the West, people are more inclined to talk about feelings rather than to just write a check about it. Um, so mm-hmm. I think they're more cultured in terms of what gifts to give, and they talk about the meaning of gifts more than the value of it, at least not the monetary value of it. That's what I think. How about you?
0: Yeah, I I think from what we've said on the whole, Valentine's Day is quite a commercial holiday mm-hmm. it's romantic in a sense but it's about this sort of ritual right you know yeah guy and a girl go on the day but it's interesting to see how it's developed over yeah. the years from where it came from so before yeah. we started this episode I looked up the origins of valentine's day mm-hmm. and it's expectedly disturbing so Ooh. let me share with you where <laughs> valentine's day comes from Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts? Where do you think Valentine's Day comes comes from? Well, to be fair, I'm a teacher. I've
1: probably read about it somewhere uh, along lesson plans, but I'm pretty Damn sure it, it came from a it, it came from a guide, but I don't I remember very vaguely because I haven't taught that topic for a while where someone else made the lesson plan, so I just had to follow through like the summary of it. So I haven't actually done the research of the origins for a while. Um but yes, I remember it came from a dude. I think he was trying King Valentine? To, yeah. And I think he was trying to do something nice, but you did mention to me before we started this episode that it was a little bit off or awkward, so I want to hear what you found because I probably got, like, the children's, like, abridged version of that story when I learned about it
0: okay yeah there's probably like multiple theories about where valentine's day comes from so the one that i found is that um valentine's day originated in ancient rome and um, it was originally obviously a pagan celebration so from february 13th to 15th the romans um, celebrated by sacrificing a goat and a dog and then they would whip women with the hides of the animals that they had slain and um, uh, women would line up for the men to hit them because they believed this would make them more fertile.
1: Yeah. Okay. BDSM.
0: <laughs> it also included a matchmaking lottery, so oh. men would draw women's names out of a jar, and then they would be paired up for the duration of the festival and uh, enjoy themselves. Copulate. A- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for your input. Copulate.
1: <laughs> so it was like a. A a Tinder slash BDSM orgy that that went on for half of the month.
0: Yeah. Well, two days. 13th to 15th. But when I read that, I was like, that is... Very far away from how we imagine Valentine's Day these days. That's pretty hardcore. That's so much better than what they have you teach the kids. I mean, if I were
1: to put this in a children's lesson plan...
0: Please do not teach this to the kids.
1: I'd take away the BDSM thing and leave the, the lucky draw thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, who gets to dance with me tonight without yeah, the whipping?
0: Yeah, that 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 sounds fine as a abridged children's version. But it was... <laughs> Interesting to read the part about the whipping because, um, you know, my fiance, he's from Czech Republic and he said that uh, on Easter in Czech Republic, they have a tradition where men are supposed to take um, willow stripes and use Mm -hmm. it to hit women. And it's part of their Easter tradition. So maybe that came from the Roman thing. It's supposed to give good luck or probably fertility or something. So BDSM was about having more babies.
1: not nothing to do with birth like no sense of birth control it was like (laughs) you know because like now when we talk about sex like people are very aware of like how to like about birth control right about making sure irresponsible wild sex does not lead to like like overpopulating the city what do you
0: mean you don't want children (laughs) to come out of your wild bdsm orgies (laughs) it's just it's just weird like you know when when
1: pe- when we learned about BDSM and we're going way off topic right now. When we learned about BDSM, it was Dakota Johnson,
0: and 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 Fifty Shades of Grey, and it was just. And by you know, the way, I hate that. That's the only thing most people know about BDSM. It's like such a poor representation <laughs> of BDSM. I,
1: I know, but like that's like how people started to learn about it around our age, because that was the time where we were mature enough to understand what was going on in Fifty Shades of Grey, right? And to know that it was a fertility ritual was just it makes it so healthy i mean maybe there's <laughs> because it was about like bringing more life right if you thought about it when people thought about sex at that time i don't think sexism was the first thing that came to it it was not it like the the idea of power play albeit being part of like i guess a social structure in terms of who was getting beaten up and stuff like that but it was generally about wanting more children being more capitalized
0: being so. like- more commercial the ancient like romans were pretty wild people they probably didn't think yeah. of it like you know being beaten up with the hide of a sacrificed goat is something to be humiliated about they were probably like yeah enjoying and, the
1: best yeah and all. they were turned on by it because when you think about bdsm i feel like whether you're whichever gender you are you enjoy the feeling of being turned on in a certain sense whether that sounds violent or not then i don't think anybody is there should be there to judge you for like wanting to be whipped by a whip because it says really little about how you are in, in as a different gender in society right you could be a CEO a female CEO and you would still want to get whipped and that's a completely different area in your life and you know it just sounds very joyful <laughs> it sounds like Christmas to me <laughs> when people were like it's Valentine's Day let's get whipped up and have babies and just enjoy sex it sounds so nice <laughs> so joyful. John- <laughs>
0: My students are not allowed to listen to this. I did not expect this reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so, How would you prefer if instead of going out to dinner and the drinks, we have a wild social orgy? Um, yes. It sounds, it sounds
1: liberating, right? In in a time where Valentine's Day, when people like publicly came together and whipped each other and to have just endless sex. It sounds great from how people treat sex today, right? It's still tight like people are sex positive but you know especially growing up in asia it doesn't matter how open-minded your parents are or or whether your parents agreed sex before or after marriage right it doesn't matter how they teach you or how you actually behave how you execute you know your sexual desires talking about sex and the consequences of sex whether it's an std aids or accidentally getting pregnant it's a very awkward topic with no positive connotations.
0: So I wouldn't here- say no positive connotations. Like, there are lots of po- positive connotations to do with sex. Not in a conversation with your parents.
1: Exactly. And the society around us, people don't talk about sex. Like, women are not, not a lot of. I wouldn't say this. I feel like a certain percentage of Asian women are still taught, in a sense, we're talking about your sex life, we're, ta- we're sharing tips about sex, or sharing tics- tips about pleasure of yourself is something that puts them in a very awkward position and they're not happy talking about it in a very like as like in a medical sense right i have friends where we can talk yeah. about this. right we have friends that we talk about this one. you get my point but when you when you talk about it to most women in asia there's still people are still shy and they feel a little bit sh- like ew or, sh- or grossed out or shame when you talk about sex in a you know like like you're reading it through wikipedia and as an interesting fact right so
0: Maybe the reason for that is because we've uh, through the fact that we have birth control now, we've decoupled the act of sex from the purpose of procreation. Yes. So it it feels like, you know. <laughs> it feels like we're
1: just choosing to be animals, not mindful, responsible dogs. We're just choosing to be animals who clearly <laughs> don't have anything else to do but be horny. And i don't know it's just i'm sorry just hearing that in ancient rome this was such a happy and jolly thing that they had a holiday but just it just lights up my day i'm sorry
0: (laughs) i'm not sure how happy and jolly things were in ancient rome if you know about them but sure (laughs) you're gonna have to stick a very not for kids label on this episode sydney
1: (laughs) you know because like i went through our A Lunar New Year episode and it seemed like Pretty PG-13 because we just basically talk about Family interactions and like their origins
0: Yeah, yeah, nothing about Orgies in Lunar New Year Not even slightly So
1: I told my kids, you can listen to this one But please don't listen to any of the other ones I'm not sure (laughs) how many of them are PG-13 So I'm definitely putting A no kids label on this one
0: (laughs) But do they actually listen to you? When I was a kid, if I saw Something that said not for kids, I would specifically Go to listen to that one
1: Well, I think the nicer kids... I don't know. I feel like the kids who actually would listen to my podcast are the kids who actually follow instructions because they followed my instructions to look for the podcast, therefore.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Works out. Like, to the kids, this is, like, extra homework. So they probably don't expect to be finding something that they're not (laughs) supposed to listen to here
1: going to tell my older kids who are 18 to listen to this one though
0: <laughs> it's interesting to find out what they would think about it anyway i'm gonna bring us back on track to the theme of valentine's day and um let's talk a bit about our experiences with valentine's day have you got any memorable valentine's day moments to share have you been on any valentine's day dates i've I've
1: probably been on a Valentine's Day with my first boyfriend in college, but that was like roughly a decade ago. And I do
0: didn't. you remember what you did? Is it
1: memorable? No? I'm not sure if my memory's accurate or not, but I do remember that because um, I don't think Valentine's Day was specific was, was in, I don't think we both saw Valentine's Day as an important holiday. Like I thought every holiday was important. And I don't think my, really, I don't think the person I was dating at that time viewed importance the way I did. I think we had a different definition of what was important to the relationship. So he so, just wasn't
0: a special occasion sort of person.
1: No, so I honestly, I we probably went for dinner or something, but it wasn't anything particularly like there was no, there were no big gestures, nothing particularly romantic, not that I remember. But I could be wrong. Maybe he did do something romantic, and I just. <laughs> And it just, I wasn't, I don't know, like, I don't remember, Um, but I, but I haven't been, I haven't been in a real, I have been in other relationships, but I haven't been able to celebrate Valentine's Day in person for a very long while, because we were, like, we were doing long distance, so.
0: This is yeah. one of the um, sort of stereotypes that I keep seeing in rom-coms and stuff that uh-huh. women are super into special occasions and doing something to celebrate it and men are like, you know, those are just commercialized things to get your money and then they're not so into it.
1: Yeah, but the thing is like, they're rituals because they work. They offer you an opportunity to express your emotions and communicate your emotions because who the heck is going to know how much you love that other person unless you make a gesture, which is it's just something that you often forget because people are busy and they have shit to do, right? So, I- so I in a
0: relationship, is Valentine's Day like one of the most special occasions for you, where you would be like, "How could you forget about it? It's Valentine's Day," or is like something else more important to you, like your anniversary or birthday or something?
1: I think they're all important to me. <laughs>
0: like, <you laughs> they're
1: completely- all, yeah, every ritual is important. But um, when I was younger, I would be very offended if. The person I was dating at the time forgot about certain holidays, obviously depending on how serious we were in the relationship. But now I feel like if I've decided to date someone, I would make the effort to understand why, uh, based on the context, he forgot or didn't think it was that important. Mm -hmm. Was it because of lack Mm -hmm. of communication? Was it because he was busy? I would be more understanding and more empathetic with the situation rather than imposing what I feel is important in a relationship.
0: Um, would you be okay with dating a guy who's just not into occasions and doesn't want to do something for them?
1: I think he would at least have to give me the liberty to create my own special moments with you know with me like, okay, you don't want to plan a date. Can I plan the date? We have a budget. I'll stick to the budget. We will not blow the budget. But please don't tell me that I'm not allowed to enjoy this day, right?
0: Re- yeah yeah i think so i was just imagining that and it's like it's it's okay to have compromises in a relationship right but it, it sounds like it would be really exhausting to be in a relationship and one person be really into holidays and the other person just be not into holidays at all
1: like it's like okay i get that you don't see why people are making the effort but can you at least go along with the effort that's the compromise right i'm not forcing you to be that person who plans everything. And so please don't force me to give it up completely because that's just not fair, right? Go along with it. You, we don't have to do it on February 14th. We can do it a couple days before and after, depending on our schedule. But we're going to go on a date anyway. So why can't we do one on Valentine's Day where I
0: put a huge effort into making everything pink and bubbly and sparkly? So what would what you expect on a Valentine's Day? What, what would about? make you happy?
1: <laughs> um, I think... I would like to be able to go to a different location. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be like on a hilltop, um, somewhere in nature, or a-, a stroll in a nice neighborhood. Um, but I would want to have like a deep conversation about the relationship in a positive way. Not in a I need to complain about something <laughs> that you do in the bathroom type of way or the kitchen type of <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think i would like to make an effort to like be able to express your love and and talk about things because people are busy and you don't always get to do that on dates and i think it would mean a lot to me if someone were to like just if my partner at that time would want to make an effort to like approach that holiday by expressing love
0: hmm, that's very nice yeah so it's more about the uh, spending time together and conversation what about the gift giving element uh, is that essential?
1: I feel like it depends on how new you are into that relationship, right? Because if you just started dating right before Valentine's Day, then you do have expectations. But I think like a healthy sense would be like we should communicate about how we feel about gift-giving.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. Is it a
1: budget issue? Is it a do I always have to think about something every couple months to give you that's stressing me? Can I just give you a red pocket? I feel like for me I gift giving is part of my love language, but I don't want that to be a strain on the relationship with the other person. So say that if I were to date someone who's completely okay with like thinking about what to give me before Valentine's Day, before my birthday, before Christmas, before whatever, before anniversary, and he or she enjoys that—oh, maybe no, she's—but he enjoys that. (laughs) Um, Then yeah, and (laughs) then sure, but if he has a budget, that's okay too. Maybe I would prefer a more expensive gift once a year instead of like sporadically getting random stuff that I probably don't need because he he's on a budget then we can talk about that I only want a gift for our anniversary or my birthday and that's it and just splurge on that one uh yeah but I would be kind of bummed if he he totally didn't want to give gifts that would really bum me not just for Valentine's Day but for every holiday
0: yeah Yeah. I feel like that you're a person who's quite specific about things um (laughs) very very general statement but like (laughs) you know what you want out of a holiday you have specific things that you like in certain dates but actually when I've seen you in relationships you can really compromise a lot on what you want out of it do do you think you need to like stick to your guns more about what you like like does it bother you when you have to compromise a lot
1: uh I think for me like emotionally Um, compromising isn't a big how do I put this I feel like I do have to work on spelling out what I like I think the reason why it creates some type of stress or disappointment on my side is that I'm usually not sure how to express what I need at the moment Um, but I feel like if I can express what I need and then I can have a healthy conversation where I'm also empathizing with the other person's situation then I feel like compromising it's the act of compromising itself is not too bad of an idea for me especially like I said I don't want you to feel like you have to love me in a way that only tailors to my needs because that's not fair right if your love language is deep conversations we will have deep conversations right um and you don't have to stress on every gift just maybe one gift a year should be good enough you know it's not like well I won't settle for no gifts right (laughs) But you also have to accept the fact that my love language is gift giving. So, if you are stressed about me giving you gifts, we'll cut it from ten to like four. That works for you, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know. That's or, very reasonable. Very yeah. reasonable. Uh, you know, as your friend, I I want you to find someone who doesn't need you to make so many compromises. Who will like spoil you and know what you like and then you know just surprise you with things that you you would want to have even if you haven't told him explicitly that this is what you want but i guess that's what we girls always imagine about the perfect guy
1: yeah but well speaking of me how about you like what what do you usually expect from valentine's day and um how have you learned to either hold your guns or compromise in different stages of your relationship or relationships
0: well, throughout my Valentine's Day's experiences, I don't have much memory of the earlier ones. So I, I guess they just <laughs> weren't a big deal for me with all the previous guys I dated. Um, with with my fiancé now, on Valentine's Day, we, we usually do something nice. We have a nice dinner or something. Last Valentine's Day, he, he cooked something fancy and like put rose petals on the table and stuff. So <laughs> I... I was, like, very satisfied in terms of my Valentine's Day romantic occasion sort of expectations. And we we always have, like, nice conversations about our relationship and stuff. So, yeah, I I like that. And for me as well, it's not – I don't put particular value on Valentine's Day as the most important holiday for a couple or something. So it's Mm -hmm. just, like, one more occasion where it's nice for us to, like – enjoy each other's company and take a break from the rest of the world and work and all that stuff and just enjoy each other's company Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting but have you
1: ever had any like valentine's day moments um it doesn't have to be your current relationship where it was memorable but not in like a he gave me bad memorable (laughs) but it was like it more interesting more peculiar but not necessarily in the most like lovey-dovey sense
0: I'm sure I have stories like that. I just don't remember if things happened on Valentine's Day. Like the date in particular didn't <laughs> ring any bells. Huh.
1: I guess most no, of your friends have, have been pretty well behaved on Valentine's Day then.
0: Sounds suspicious. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I'm going through the
1: actual men you've dated and I'm like, I wonder what they did on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Like the ones that made the list, not the ones, not just the dates, but the ones that made the list of like, that's her ex. Um. <laughs> but I also remember that at that time you were at a stage in your life, if you don't mind me saying, where um, where you are still figuring out what you want in a relationship, right? And that's what made you the person you are today that's in a mature and loving relationship with your fiance at the moment.
0: So I guess it's normal that, that makes enough me sound to So them up. uncool and old.
1: <laughs> no, that makes me sound like you got your shit together.
0: Yeah, uncool and old.
1: <laughs> um, I actually have one very I don't know if it's like a it's like a reality show scale type of gossipy like Valentine's Day memory, but it was kind of interesting sure. because I it because of how shitty it was. Um so <laughs> Before before my last relate long term relationship, I was in a stage where I was like, "Hey, let's try online dating, let's try Tinder, let's try, uh, coffee meets bagel, and and so forth." And um, it was a very brief period of my experimental phase, um, and I didn't enjoy it. But I did go out with someone around Valentine's Day week, and so my initial plan before he made it like, like a
0: first date. It
1: was a second date? If it was, it was. We went on one date the week before, and he wanted to meet up for a Valentine's Day like rendezvous, and then quite bold to quite use Valentine's bold. Day
0: as like a second or third date. I know, and he early. did it. Very,
1: he did it very awkwardly. Um. So what happened was. I initially planned to hang out with one of my guy friends, which like I feel like like, you know, like, we have like a brother and sister vibe going on. And I was like, Hey dude, you're single. I'm single. We're two very lonely losers in Taipei City on Valentine's Day. You just wanna have, singles hanging out? Let's go to Texas Steakhouse and just steak out. Like let's just like enjoy food and meat and stuff. And he was like, Sure. But and so I made plans with my friend, and then eventually, and this this guy that I went on one first date with, he texted me, and he was like, "Hey, I'd like to see you around that time." But I had also made plans with one of my close female friends to do Valentine's Day, which is when girls, single women, um, spend Valentine's Day together. So I could only meet him after dinner with my friend, and I think he was okay with that. And he insisted on taking me to this like, um, cherry blossom area. It was like they had a couple of lonely cherry blossom trees, lonely and very malnutritioned cherry blossom trees <laughs> across, like, a little, like, little river. It was, It was like, a little stream. Um, and it was at night, so he could barely see the cherry blossoms, but he insisted, and I was like, sure, why not? And so we talked. It was a very awkward conversation because I don't think we had anything in common, but I was like, well, someone wants to drive me around on Valentine's Day. He doesn't seem like a serial killer. So that's a first. And he gave me a rose, and it was... It was a very it was a very ugly rose i've never seen such an ugly <laughs> like it was like you might mu- it's one of those flowers where it's like look i get that i guess i should be appreciative of this but it was just bad taste it was like a, it was a it was a wilting rose in my opinion it was tiny and it didn't look healthy at all and i was like you might as well and just it was get- one rose <laughs> i would have settled for like a chocolate chip cookie from Starbucks would have been better than that, bro. I'm sorry, like it's like for me, it's like I don't need you to overspend or overdo something to make it extravagant, but be practical if you're not good at being romantic, right. It um, sounds
0: like he was trying to hit all the spots of what you said earlier, you know, go somewhere nice, have a chat, <laughs> celebrate the occasion, but the way you're describing it, it's like not what you were looking for.
1: No, it wasn't because it wasn't a very mindful chat. We were on completely different pages in terms of where we were <laughs> in life or where we, or what we valued, what we thought was interesting. It it, more, it was more like someone gave him a list of things and he did the bare minimum. It's like I checked everything, yeah. but I didn't really make an effort. And so I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't write him off just because, like, it's not like I I didn't have, like, a better option at that time. And I was still shopping around because that's how Tinder works or that's how, like, dating apps work, right? And then you're like, it's awkward, but he made an effort. So that's nice. I was still trying to, like, see where this was going to go. And then so I hung out with my close friend the next day. And then we were planning a whole night, like, like a sleepover at her place. And then right around midnight, he texts me and he says hey look i i've i've had someone on my mind like so in mandarin, it's like i've always liked someone or i have someone that i've been romantically involved with to not voice, you that's not you obviously and i'm sorry to have wasted your time and then so because he had made plans to meet up the week after so i was like so we're not meeting next week or right? i just to, you know and he, and then he just stopped replying
0: It's like, you know, it sounds like like you're some sort of side character in this epic love story between him and some other girl. Like, he tries desperately to forget her, goes on dates, does his best (laughs) to woo them, and then he's like, it just doesn't feel right. I just have to go back to her. I I was kind of
1: bummed, but it was like he kind of wasted two hours of my time on like pre Valentine's Day. And it wasn't a very enjoyable two hours. It's not like I met this really cool person that I could imagine myself being friends with. It was like a very awkward, disappointing date. And and and, and you did it on Valentine's Day. Like, come on. Pick the next week to ghost me, right? Really? On yeah. It's like, it's bad taste. Like the flower.
0: <laughs> Let's just, like, establish it as a rule that for, like... Anything before the third day, try not to do it on Valentine's Day because the risk is just too high that you're going to make an unpleasant memory for someone.
1: Yeah, I feel like demonstrating love on Valentine's Day is a sweet thing in general and it could go wrong, but like doing something unpleasant on Valentine's Day, that's just, that's like breaking up with someone right before New Year's Eve. That's just, it's just bad taste. It's horrible. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. that's my one. Memorable, but oddly weird, awkward, eh, type of Ma- Valentine's Day story. I'm,
0: I'm imagining a whole story with him and this girl that he can't forget about. I wish them to be happy, but I really could care less. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a moment to go and refill my wine. Okay. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Um... Have you had any cross-cultural elements to your Valentine's Day dating experiences? I've had... How was that? They've never happened... I've
1: dated cross... Like, I've dated people that are not Taiwanese, but it's never been, like, on Valentine's Day. Um, But to touch on that part of how the idea of romance, I guess, has been a little bit awkward for me to approach, um, being in my position, because I grew up watching... like, Like many people who learned English... Um, Not because they went to fancy language school, but because they had that environment and they cultivated it by um, exposing themselves to a lot of Western media. I feel like I did have a very different idea of how love meant to me and how it was... Do you buy
0: into the more Westernized idea of romance?
1: (sighs) I mean, we would have to define romance, right? So... Uh, Let me just put it this way. I feel like the biggest thing was the dating ritual. That was the most confusing thing for me because I've always been very outspoken about my emotions. And that came with the peculiar brand of education that my parents had cultivated for me or that I have cultivated for myself. And just, I never knew throughout the dating ritual, if we were actually dating, I knew that there was something more, there was a spark but we, but in our culture, we don't talk about dating. We talk about, are is this person your boyfriend? Is this person your girlfriend? Yet, there's a very distinct line between talking about commitment. So what happens- So that's
0: the Taiwanese side of things. You don't yeah. talk about it we until talk- you're like literally almost married and they're like,
1: oh yeah, yeah, I suppose we're together. Well, it's not like to the point you're almost married. Right. It's just like people talk about being in a monogamous and committed relationship as something that is the equivalent of marriage. Whereas commitment comes in different stages, right? How committed are you? Are you committed to being monogamous? Are you committed to prioritizing this person's needs to a certain extent where you're, you're kind of evolving, uh, not evolving, you're kind of like in involving this person in how your life is built, right? Do you, How Are you committed to the point where you would move to another city with this person? Or, you know, the, in, I think in the West, I think at least from what i've I've heard most relatively healthy relationships deal with where you are in this relationship whereas even if it's from the stage of dating right are we seeing other people when are we going to make this like a more monogamous or exclusive situation um but in our culture this was never we
0: see this modeling in tv shows all the time the characters say things to each other like what are we where are we in our relationship and I've never seen Asian characters talk about that, have you? No, they just do a bunch
1: of things that clearly show that the guy is into the girl. He saves her from a bunch of ridiculously melodramatic situations, kisses her while she falls off the stairs, and then boom. Yeah,
0: literally yeah. never talk about anything, and then they're together. Yeah.
1: yeah, and so that was very confusing for me. And it made, I think, it made me work super hard. Relationships. As a result, I was I I grew up in a family where my mom made huge romantic gestures, and that became my love language. And then when I struggled to like communicate where where is this relationship going, I went on with just making like this was how I communicated without saying it loud. I just made big gestures, and sometimes this backfired in my face. So I think that's for me the cross cultural aspect was I struggle with this with Taiwanese guys. And then when I started dating Western guys, then it was like a different arena because they were actually a little bit more loose about what it meant when they took you out on a date, what it meant when they slept with you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think I have two very different experiences that I can talk about. Um, The first time I went out with um, a Caucasian guy um, via a dating app, He just started talking about doing Christmas with my family together. And I could tell that he was like sleazy trying to get into my pants, trying to have like a local girlfriend to like help him out with things. Because, you know, why would you just it seemed like I was a convenient choice and that I could communicate fairly well in both languages. Um, So when he was trying, not only was he trying to sleep with me on the first date, he was also trying to. Talk about how he would spend time with my family and how we might have to do long distance the next week. Oh, two.
0: so he was like trying really bad to like appeal to the Asian way of doing things. He's like, oh yeah, Asian girls want commitment, so I'm going yeah. to act like I, I'm really into it. I want to meet her family, yeah. and you were like,
1: no. Yeah, it was very poorly executed because it was it most well first. It was very different from what Taiwanese guys would have done because Taiwanese guys when they're sleazy, they're they just say a bunch of like nonsense that are meaningless and you can just take it as meaningless which is fine but when he said it it was like what kind of a country do you think this is where women would just jump at the at the sight of like some rash cheap form of commitment and then it was and he wanted to like hold my hand and said i'm really bad at saying no and i should not be telling everybody that i'm bad at saying no but i'm very bad at saying no And and, and this was like my first date so i was more like eh, let's go with it um yeah but it was very weird it was like are all white guys like this and then another one was um with a friend with with someone that eventually i became friends with but because people from europe i suppose are more they're more fluid with the concept of dating until something concrete has been talked about so i guess for me like growing up in an asian culture when you get close with someone you project a lot more emotion because you're not trained to take a step back and think about it as just a dating situation and so it took me Mm -hmm. like it was like a good learning experience when i learned like okay so you can like someone you can be attracted to someone you can do a lot more with someone but it could just be dating it could be just a fling and you need to know that the rest of the world is the way the boys or men around you see it whereas if you came back to taiwan guys would constantly say like oh, and I, I can't be responsible for this woman right now. I'm like, what? They they talk about it so much to an extent it's exhausting. They
0: do, yeah. That, that's like not a thing in Western dating at all.
1: No, no guy's going to be like, like I, I don't know. If nobody's
0: going to say that unless you're yeah. pregnant with their baby. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I feel like there was like, I had like culture shocks on both sides where it was like confusing for me. But overall, it was a very good learning experience for me to, like, slowly realize that, okay, there's nuance to dating. There are different types of relationships. Um, It's always best to have something else going on in your life that you can focus on if you have romantic feelings for someone and you can't control everything and not everything fits in a perfect box. But it took a while of, like, kind of, like, bumping around walls and different cultural spheres to, like, figure out, like, what is going on? And so, yeah, that's, like...
0: That's my experience. So can we say that Asian dating is like this you you interact a lot and you both yeah. like each other and you find excuses to hang out one on one but yeah. you don't say that you like each other no. and if other people say that you're dating and make jokes about you being a couple you're like no we're just friends yes uh, like yes. infinitely until a point where someone it just tips handle. over somehow yeah. Yeah. and then you're in a serious monogamous relationship.
1: Yes. So what people do is like, they use the frequency of hanging out alone dates type of dates (laughs) Um, to determine how much the other person is potentially interested in them. And then they go through this dance of like, but maybe she just sees me as a friend, maybe he just sees me as a friend. Until like they consult everybody, where everybody hints at like, of course they like you. Look at the way they see, they talk to you. Look at the way he looks at you.
0: And then, but the way that's designed is like really bad if you want someone to like be responsible because if yeah. you're just like hanging out a lot and then suddenly he's also hanging out a lot with some other bitch, yeah, <laughs> then you uh, yeah. you have no position from which to be like, why are you dating another girl? I thought you were. I thought we were a thing. They'll yeah, be like, huh? What? <laughs> I know we just hang out a lot with just friends. I think it's
1: more mature to say that you're dating than to be have a lot of friends that you're hanging out with, and then some of them are actually your friends while some of them are your potential interests in case you know option a doesn't work out. So very confusing. um yeah, so to conclude, yes, at least dating in Taiwan for me has been it's just been this like stressful dance where I, I are not I think that's
0: very I'm apt, doing.
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, how how has it been for you cuz uh you've had a very different dating repertoire, much more interesting. Not in a bad way, but literally much more interesting than mine. Is it so, much
0: more interesting? Well, um yeah. <laughs> so to start with, when we were in university, I dated a few Chinese Taiwanese guys and then I moved on to um western people and basically never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds awful. I sound like what do they call these um, xi tan mei. You like you only prefer Western courses,
1: <laughs> uh? But I don't think that's like. But that I think that is a result of you know your upbringing, right? It's not like you grew yeah. up in a very traditional like Chinese environment. You were exposed to so many uh, things.
0: The reason is, I think. Asian relationships, you know, once you get past that ambiguous, what the hell are we even doing phase, it goes very straight to the it's serious phase. Yeah, that was too much for me in university. I was like, I just want to date casually and have fun. And then guys are thinking that what I want is for them to say that they want to marry me. And I'm like, no, I'm never marrying you. If you are the last guy on earth, that is not the reason that I'm dating you, actually. Mm -hmm. And by asian standards that's not a very moral standpoint to have Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: there there's all of this gender politics stuff going on as well like um i feel like guys who are brought up in asian cultures have specific ideas about how women should be what Mm -hmm. femininity looks like and Mm -hmm. what sort of respect and admiration they need to get from a girl who's in a relationship with them and I just find it quite ex- exhausting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's you, you You meet different kinds of problems when you're dating Western people, like mm-hmm. with the cultural differences. And, you know, a lot of people aren't looking for something serious, which can be annoying if you are looking for something serious. But I find that Westerners tend to be more upfront about what they yeah. want. Yes. Which is much better. For it's me, much hence.
1: easier to navigate your desires and emotional needs when you know exactly not exactly but at least when you're given a a platform or a chance to voice out how you feel and communicate it and i feel like that like i feel like the fact that you went you've never looked back wasn't a bad thing because you were also much more mindful about what you wanted right because like from what i recall from your previous experience up till this point um communication was not always our strong suit to be fair because of how we were brought up right and there were moments where we were both sharing these stories about how hurt we were because of miscommunication because we were not brave enough to like hold our guns or at least learn to listen to ourselves and the other person but up till this point you know seeing what you have with your fiance i feel like it's all paid off quite well like you've grown so much and you know you guys have the cutest relationship ever
0: (laughs) oh well we live and we learn right yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this chat on Valentine's Day. Yeah. and uh, I I hope that you enjoyed listening to our, our chats about our relationships and interested to hear what you think about um, the origins of Valentine's Day. I'm very curious to find out how many members of our audience will have the same reaction as you did because that is not what I expected.
1: Thinking that it was wholesome and joyful to just enjoy being wholesome in. and joyful. Yeah, wholesome and joyful in which era do we get to talk about sex the way the Romans did <laughs> let's whoop you up so we can okay have tea.
0: <laughs> wishing you all a wholesome and joyful valentine's day guys stay safe. happy
1: valentine's day stay safe guys alright bye bye